Jay, great to catch up with you. And and I was reading uh, the Illustrator column today and the things that you have seen part two. And what it stands out to me is that there's no one team that stands out from the crowd, but there's certainly four or five teams that are in that discussion. And two of them meet up this weekend. The best offensive team in the country in Duke, the best defensive team in the country in Virginia. Giddy up. What a matchup this should be. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be remarkable. Uh, Duke puts points on the board like nobody's business, and uh, and they can score ninety points falling out of bed. And Virginia might be the hardest team to score upon that I can remember in college basketball. It's not that they have uh, amazing shot blockers or they press or do anything like that. They just play this chest to chest half court defense. That's like being, you know, it's like having a boa constrictor around your neck, and they just squeeze for forty minutes. It's uh, it's an unpleasant team to play against. Uh, a rhythm killing, vexation field, irritating festival of frustration. That's how you describe Virginia in your column. I just had to say that's a fantastic way to describe a defensive team. But that's just it. You can't look at stats and certain things. It's just you play them and they kind of lull you into this thing. And the next thing you know, you've only put 30 points on the board. It's incredible to watch. We saw Syracuse and Virginia play earlier this year. And Syracuse actually hung in that game a lot because they're in a situation this year, Jay, where they're not scoring a lot of points. They did last night, but that was kind of the exception to the rule. And, you know, they, they kind of knew how to play that physical style against Virginia. But maybe the second time around, come February 3rd, it's not going to be so easy for Jim Beheim and company. Well, Jim's teams at times have, have play in a, in a similar, uh, similar way to Virginia in that they play different styles, but they're both rhythm disruptors. So Jim's zone has always been a rhythm disrupting force. And it's something unusual that teams don't see all the time and they have a hard time preparing for. And it can get into your head after a while. And I think that's a similar thing with, with Virginia. But, you know, you raised maybe the, the best point in, in talking about uh, Syracuse and Virginia, and that is one of the things that's difficult about, you know, for Virginia in going forward is, you know, the, the, the rhythm of the game uh, they, they don't really pull away from teams that often. I mean, they've got a larger margin of victory this year, but uh, it's, it's a lot easier to stay with them than with some other teams. So they're more vulnerable to getting beat uh, than maybe some other teams like Duke that, uh, uh, that can put more points on the board. Not being able to score at a high rate means teams are going to be able to hang around with you, um, and you can't, you can't always count on uh, you know, sort of stifling teams but, but Virginia's legit. They're, they're as good as anybody. Jay, a couple of those other teams that are in that discussion, I do want to get some quick thoughts from you on, on Villanova, on Purdue, who's up there this year. Michigan State is in that conversation. They seem to round out those five teams that are at least in that conversation that can pull away, or maybe there's a, a team or two I didn't mention there. There probably are. They're going to emerge. There are a bunch of teams that, that are capable on a given night, but not consistent. And uh, uh, But Purdue is legit. This is maybe the best Purdue team I've seen since the Etwan Moore, Robbie Hummel, Juwan Johnson teams. And uh, they are they're big, uh, they're very skilled, and they can really pass and shoot. And, I mean, they've, they've hit, I think, over the last 15 games, they've been on a 15-game streak in the last 15 games. They've made like 158 threes in that 15-game period. And that 158 threes is more than 196 Division I teams have made on the season. And they've done it in 15 games. 
Um, they're, they're really, really good and they're tough minded and they are unafraid. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see anybody out, you know, in the Big Ten beating them, uh, for the title. Even Michigan State, as good as they are, I think Purdue's going to win it. We're talking to Jay Billis from ESPN here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. And Jay, you can't have a college basketball conversation these days without pivoting to Trey Young at some point. You know, what an incredible talent he has been. And I know some people have looked at it and said, yeah, maybe some decision-making and cut back on the turnovers and some of those bad shots. But it seems, you know, the good outweighs the bad, certainly with Trey Young, with what he brings to the table night in and night out. How do you describe what kind of player he is for Oklahoma and, and what kind of player he is for college basketball this year? He's Steph Curry. Um, he's that kind of player, and he puts up identical numbers to what Steph Curry put up in, uh, in 2009 when Curry was a junior, and, uh, except his assist rate is much, much higher. Uh, Curry, the same things are said about Curry, that, hey, he turns it over too much, and, and he's got to get bigger and stronger. Can he guard anybody and all that stuff? Um, not to say that, that Trey Young is, is going to be as good as Steph Curry going forward, but he's definitely as good as Steph Curry was in college. And, uh, I mean, we're comparing his numbers to Curry as a, as a junior, uh, and they're favorable. And uh, for those that think that, hey, he shoots it too much, Curry averaged the same number of shots his junior year as Trey Young is averaging now. Uh, that kid's the real thing. And, uh, and just because he's had a couple games where he's going, hey, he should have passed it here, he should have gotten his teammates involved, of course, of course that's going to happen. But he is incredibly gifted. And, uh, and for those out there, and there are plenty of them who say, Hey, we don't need we don't need one and dones. We don't want them. We don't need them. Uh, the game's better with Trey Young in it. And he's a great kid and and obviously a great player. And uh, and I would uh, I like college basketball with him in it better than with him not. No question about it. And that leads me to my next question, Jay. Where where are we at with one and done? Are you he- are you hearing that rule could change? Uh, what's the discussion like between the NBA and college basketball right now? Is this going to remain the way it is, or, or do you see change coming in how it is structured? There may be change. I don't really know. It's an NBA decision. They may take input from college, but uh, you know, college, we, we can't get out of our own way. We make so many mistakes on this stuff. It's really it's kind of sad. Um, you know, it's not our decision when people leave. It never will be. Uh, it, they, may have, they may feel like they have to stay because of alternatives. But uh, our focus, you know, is saying our as if I'm an NCAA member. But the NCAA, <laughs> the membership, their focus should be on offering, uh, you know, educational opportunities to kids. So why would you tell any kid we don't want you? You should be saying, hey, we would like to have you and and establish a relationship with you and and have you be able to come back if you leave after a year. We want you to come back. Um, why, you know? So we want to tell like. Kevin Durant came to school for a year. Some people think that's a travesty. I dif- disagree with them. He's given a ton of money to Texas. He goes back to Texas. He established a great relationship with Texas. Uh, same thing for uh, uh, guys like Carmelo Anthony. Um, you know, is the ga- and what about what Russell Westbrook did and Kevin Love in UCLA uh, uh, with the money they've given and uh, how they've been such great ambassadors to that place. So we don't want those guys there at all. Uh, I find that uh, hard to believe that we would take that stance. Yeah, right here in Syracuse, the uh, practice facility is not only named after Carmelo, he donated a significant portion of the money to build it. So a, a great example brought up there for sure. 
Jay, uh, we have watched uh, just with horror to see what is happening at Michigan State, and I know you've spoken about it a bit, and we're on outside the lines and, and have done some interviews on it. And, and my question is, what can the NCAA do to help this situation? It would seem to me, given some missteps that they've had in, in recent times with other investigations, that I don't know if they can't do nothing, but what can they add to this? How can they make this situation better, if at all? Uh, they can't. There, there's no way to make it better. The issue is, uh, you know, like, do you think what the NCAA did in Penn State made anything better? No, not at all. That's that's the thing, and that's the that's the road they're going down. And really, it's a it's a the NCAA is a it's a um, an athletic organization. They deal with championships, and they're not equipped for this. This is a criminal matter, and I think they're making. You know, they're about to make another mistake like they did with Penn State. And uh, I hope they don't. I hope they'll be reasonable in this. But reasonable is not what you usually get in horrifying situations like this. Um, but, you know, we'll see if, if they've learned anything from their handling of the Penn State matter because I don't think that advanced anything or helped anyone. Uh, it was a, you know, obviously a, a, an incredibly uh, gut-wrenching and sorry episode in our in our nation's history. And and Michigan State is is as well, and USA Gymnastics. Um, you know, I can't I can't wrap my head around how horrifying it is. Uh, but you have to ask yourself on a policy level, what what's the best involvement uh, for an, an athletic organization? And uh, this this doesn't fit in within the rule structure of the NCAA. And uh, and I hope they they make the right decision, but uh, but I've never been confident of the NCAA making the right decision. Yeah, for sure. Can't tell you how much we appreciate your time here today. Uh, we'll certainly be watching, and we'll catch up down the road. Thank you very much.